NL West, SD across the chest, youth movement, really dope ex-prospects, Big Willie, leader of the young pups, they hating on us, watching you them jump up, we ain't care, we ain't scared of nobody, the outfield mad skills, lottie dottie, Austin Hedges throwing out everybody, we at the ballpark, every game's a party, ignorance is bliss, so we never trip, if the pitching's up the pod, and watch out for the kids, EBT is out here broadcasting, EBT is out here podcasting. Question and answer, James and Patrick, ask them. Question and answer, James and Patrick, ask them. Padres EBT podcast. Padres EBT podcast. What's going on, folks? Welcome to the East Village Times podcast. This is episode number 103. And I am joined by Patrick Brewer. He's with me every single podcast. Uh, what's going on, Patrick? How are you doing today? Yeah, man, we've made it 103 podcasts, and neither of us have ever missed one. That's pretty good. Yeah, that, that is pretty amazing, huh? You would think that it, at one. Well, I, I've, I've checked out it at one or two when uh, when we've, we've had Skype issues in in the past, but for the most part, you know, you and I have done every single podcast, and I guess that's an accomplishment in itself, right? Yeah, our both of our voices have been on every single episode at least for a little bit. So. Yeah, for good or for bad, you've had to, to to endure us. So thank you so much for for making it this far. If you have uh, the San Diego Padres, the young San Diego Padres are creating a little bit of excitement in uh, in San Diego, in America's finest city. Uh, as we're recording this, they have just tied the Angels, uh, the Troutless Angels, in the eighth inning, and. Uh, just look like a whole different ball club. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's the youth or what, but let's talk about how, how just a different vibe this team has had. I mean, I, I guess we knew it was going to be that way with a young team, the inconsistencies in, in the way they play, but give me a little bit about how they've kind of shocked you in, in their, in their play in the last week or so. Can I just say you kind of spoiled it for me? Cause I'm on a little bit of a, a delay. Cause I'm using the uh, Fox sports app. Cause I don't have cable. Oh, you, you, my just, bad. you just hit me with a spoiler, man. I was like, they tie it. Does Hosmer like do something? And he, I mean, he almost hit a dinger, so that would have been fun. Anyway, yeah, yeah it's been honestly. I've to be honest with people, I, I find myself checking out. I've been finding myself checking out of games. You know, I, I try to watch. I pretty much watch the highlights for every game if I if I can't actually get to the game or I watch the game the next day. Um, but recently, I've been going out of my way to actually watch. I mean, I I, re- I rewatched Jacob Nix's start. Um, I watched Lucchese start yesterday. I mean, I've actually been probably more interested at this point than I have been all season. I mean, I've still obviously followed the team closely, but in terms of like going out of my way to like watch a game or rewatch a game, I've definitely kind of been more on top of it, I think, because they finally had this kind of roster turnover I think we were looking for. Um, it seems like the young guys are getting a chance. They're, they're playing the guys we want them to play. It seems like for the first time all year, they're actually like more or less doing what the fans, at least like in terms of like the Twitter universe, what we actually like are looking for in terms of like playing the guys we want to see, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, and I think in a perfect world, uh, Luis Urias would be up here and, and we wouldn't have to endure any more Jose Perello. But I guess we can't have everything like we want, right? I mean, we are Padre fans. There's got to be a certain bit of uh, pain that we have to endure. Hey, Perello just got a base hit, so... <laughs> oh, so yeah. Oh, we're pro Perello now. He's, he's the man. Yeah, man, we're going to give uh, but... him a five-year uh, contract extension, didn't you hear? Yeah, seriously. You, you, you got to wonder at some point when the, the, the shoe is going to drop there and and he's just the earliest time is going to is going to 
is going to start because he, he is the future at the at second base, and he's you know his numbers are a little down in, in El Paso, and I know a lot of critics have pointed to the strikeouts and are a little troubled with that, but ultimately you got to look at his age and, and where he is at the AAA level and the fact that he's 21, and you still have to be encouraged with, with what you see with this young man. So let's talk about Luis Arias a little bit. <clears throat> uh, his time should be coming soon. I think there was a report today or, or yesterday uh, saying that Mejia and uh, Arias will be up at some point in September. So give me your thoughts on Arias and whether or not you think that he should be up now. I, I mean, I know we're not – big Perella guys at this point, and we think that it should happen, but give me your thoughts on, on how he's played this year in AAA. I mean, I think I've gone past the point of, like, I don't want to say caring, because, like, I would rather have him up than not have him up, but I'm not really too upset that he's down. Um, when you think about, like, long-term roster construction, when you think, think about, um, you know... Uh, arbitration, that kind of thing. I mean, it's not necessarily a bad thing to have him down longer. Um, and to be honest, people are, are obviously clamoring for him, but he really hasn't had a great offensive season by his standard. I mean, he's had the lowest, he has the lowest WRC plus he's had since 2015. So it's not like he's really tearing the, like tearing up in AAA. I mean, he's still got an OBP near 400, so it's not like he's a slouch, but they, yeah. they've been pretty, I think, upfront saying that. I think in terms of like the front office saying that they're going to they're kind of going to let him, you know, push his way in more or less, like knock down the door so to speak. And he really hasn't done that. I mean, he's had some hot streaks, but I think he's cooled off a bit for stretches and I think at this point he's been so kind of hot and cold, I think, for the most of the season that there really hasn't been a time where he's really, you know, torn it up for an extended period of time. So obviously they mentioned that both him and Mejia will see their, you know, see the light of day before October, so I am at this point. I'm not really counting on it before September roster expansion. So I think yeah, yeah. El Paso will probably. I think El pa- is El Paso in playoff contention. I don't really know off the top of my head. Yes, I believe they are. So believe, didn't they win the first half? I, I thought. I'd... I thought they did. Yeah. Is that is that right? Okay. I, I, I'm, I'm pretty I, sure. I, I'm unprepared. I know. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Be prepared, Patrick. Um, I can look up the standings, but um, I wouldn't be surprised if they don't come up until after the playoffs happen. So kind of like when we had Hunter Renfro, Margot, and Hedges all came up. Was that 2016? Yeah, 2016. 16, yeah. yeah, so they all After came up. a couple up, weeks. So. Yeah, they all came up, like, you know, the last couple weeks. So I wouldn't be surprised if that happens this year. Um, I don't think it's necessarily a good thing or a bad thing. I think in terms of, like I said, with arbitration issues later on the, down the line, that's not the worst thing. Um, you don't really start the clock just yet. Um, uh-huh, but uh-huh. obviously you want to see what you have in these guys. These are two, hopefully, franchise cornerstones. So you, you kind of want to see yeah. what they have and kind of what they can do at the big league level. Yeah, it it's it's going to be interesting, especially when you think about the fact that Will Myers is playing third base today for the Padres, and you know it's a sample size, it's a small sample size, but he's made eight putouts, he's one away from a franchise record at third base for a game. Um, if Myers is able to play third. And you pencil in a Tatis at short, an Urias at second, an Urias, uh, Hosmer at first. Suddenly, that's a pretty exciting infield, and I think heads would turn. Um, we're not quite there yet, but it's interesting when when you see Myers playing third base. So let's talk about the elephant in the room, something that I think everyone is going to be talking about and deconstructing and just evaluating is – can Will Myers play third base at the major league level? I mean, 
give me your thoughts, immediate thoughts. Uh, I was surprised. I was there uh, a few weeks ago when he initially took uh, some balls at third base, and Andy Green kind of laughed at it. And his immediate response to the media, to all of us, was, uh, you know, Margot plays, uh, will take some balls at shortstops every once in a while, so does that mean he's a shortstop? But you could kind of see it in his eyes that there was something more to this. And lo and behold, here we have it uh, two or three weeks later, and he's playing third base. So give me your thoughts on Myers at third base and whether or not this experiment is really going to happen for this team. Man, Andy Green was so full of crap, huh? <laughs> you, you know, I've after having so many interactions with him, I've kind of learned to... to I feel like he's kind of a jokester. He he he'll he kind of tells you one thing, but he'll look at you and he'll kind of be like, you know, I'm telling you one thing, but you might want to like research that or you might want to look into that. Um, it, it, it's it's funny though, but give give me your thoughts on on Myers at third. I mean, because that's move, having him move to third base is huge for this lineup. It, it really is. Yeah. So um, I actually haven't been able to watch any of the game. I just got home before we jumped online, so I have okay. not seen a single play. I was joking on Twitter. Because people were saying, oh, gold glove. I know most people that say that are kidding, yeah, but yeah. I, I saw this point. That I was like, it didn't even take one night for people to say that. And I think some people, I swear, I read a couple that seemed very unironic. So just saying. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Eric uh, Eric of the 5.5 guys was giving me a hard time. He said, uh, we'll, we'll wait and see uh, what his D-War is after the game. And uh, we'll, we'll let him know. <laughs> so I actually am curious to see what the different ratings uh, say. Obviously, those ratings have their hits and misses they're not the best but um i do need to watch the highlights after this game and, and see how he looked um i've obviously heard mixed reviews maybe like weird uh-huh. backhands and not the best yeah, footwork he, but for a guy who hasn't played third base in what six seven years you uh-huh. can't really expect um <laughs> great the fundamentals footwork. to be perfect yeah, yeah so exactly. i mean if it takes a month i mean there's a month and a half left in the season so if he plays there you know i honestly don't think he's gonna play there every day i wouldn't be surprised if he maybe like a couple days a week three four days a week and villanueva plays the rest of the time um, but when you think about like, you say, can he play third base? I mean, to be honest, Villanueva couldn't even play third base for a good half of the year. So, I mean, <laughs> the beginning of the year, he was, yeah, suspect, how bad sure. could he really be? Right. I mean, third base is obviously an important defensive position. I mean, you see some of the best defenders in baseball that are third baseman. I mean, Nolan Arenado is just a wonder to watch there. Obviously Machado was great to watch there when he was playing third base. Um, I mean, the list goes on. So I'm, I'm honestly, I was against the move at first because I thought it was weird to keep moving him around. But, I mean, he seems into it. He seems interested. Uh, it's getting him the ball. He, he's, I know we've seen, we always made these comments about him being bored or whatever in the field. So if the ball's coming in more often and he's enjoying himself then, and he can hack it, then I'm all for it. My concern was, does he really want to do that? And it's like moving a guy around for like the fifth time. That was my one concern. But yeah. he seems all on board at this point. So, I mean, if he's on board... <laughs> I'm on board. I mean, I still want to sign Machado, honestly. That would be yeah. ideal for me. But uh-huh. if if Myers can hack it at third, I mean, he's a good offensive player. I mean, he gets a lot of flack. But I think if anyone can hit enough to play third, it's him. And I'm obviously really not sold on Christian Villanueva being anything more than a, a bench piece that can hit left-handed pitching. Um, so if Myers is the solution at third, that solves a long-term problem. I mean, obviously we all like Hudson Potts, and he's been fun to watch, but... He still has a lot of a lot of way to go to prove himself as a you know an everyday starter, and as Will Myers strikes out, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's interesting because it shows his versatility. 
I, some people question on whether or not he's into the game. I think that obviously playing third base, you cannot daydream out there. You're going to be into every pitch. You're going to be aware and conscious and, and know what's going on. So I mean, that may help him in that regard, may help keep him focused because you know, it, it just seems like he's he can be a little flighty from time to time, and it's not a, it's not a huge knock against him. I mean, it, people are different ways; people play the game in different manners. So, it, anything to help him focus and keep him more into the game is is a better thing. But let's talk about some, I guess, some rumors or some people thinking that the Padres are better off trading Will Myers or getting rid of Will Myers. We're, we're at the same same thing again with the, the give, get rid of him for Adam Jones thing. It, it, you know, Myers does have a knock on him. There are knocks against him and, and his health and, and the issues. But you gotta you got to make the case for him that he is con- uh, arguably the most consistent player for this team and is still relatively young. So, Give me your thoughts on all this trade Meyer stuff. Uh, I know you've gone into it a little bit, and I am fully prepared for a little bit of a rant here. So uh, go ahead. So uh, before I get into that, Myers was just taken out of the game, so no assist record. Um, but, oh. yeah, so there there was a really stupid tweet. I'm not going to say who tweeted it because I think everyone knows where, where this came from. Um, someone tweeted the Padres record with Will Myers and the Padres record with Will oh, Myers yeah, that's or without Will Myers. That's- to that's try to make some try to make some grand point about how the Padres are better off without Will Myers, and then when people commented on said tweet, at, kind of you know knocking back. Was against, this an analytic person? Uh, no. Well, I mean, I guess that's not considered an analytic stat, though. I mean, no, they, they, a, they, it's a bullshit people, stat. It means nothing. Yeah, some people <laughs> interpret numbers and they take numbers and they misconstrue them and they think it's that not that's even numbers though. It's analytic. just like how many how many games a team won without a guy. Like, yeah, what is well, he have like to do saying, with that? How many teams they won with the uh, three peanut vendors in left field opposed so the, to two the peanut? Point, the point of the tweet was basically <laughs> implying that that Hunter Renfro and Margot and Hedges have all started hitting because Myers wasn't in the lineup, which makes no fucking sense. Why would these guys hit better without another offensive force in the lineup? And so when people are tweeting back at this person saying, you know, yeah. this is a stupid opinion, he's like, oh, I didn't say that they should trade him. Or I didn't say that. And he's like, well, you're kind of implying that the team is better off without him because of a win-loss record. So she pay him twenty million dollars to sit on the bench. Is that what no? The it's, just, is? it's it's just the same. It's the same same people that say let's trade him for uh, Adam Jones. It's the same the ah. same story. And I know I was somewhat on this bandwagon last year. I said maybe you trade Myers at some point because it seems like he's a weird fit. But at this point, he's playing well. He's obviously a member of the team. He's willing to do whatever it takes to be on the team. I mean, how can you not respect a guy who's so he seems so open and willing to change positions and like name me another baseball player that's that's like that. I mean, it seems most guys are very, yeah. you know, I will play look at Manny Machado. He was traded and said I'm not playing third base. It's like, okay, dude, really yeah. like check the ego at the door, be a team player and do what the team needs. You gotta at this love point, that. I love I love him. Yeah, I love I love his attitude. <laughs> I mean, I've given him a lot of shit for like poor attitude, but at this point Will Myers is not the problem with this team. I mean, you look at this roster, and if you can find Will Myers as a problem, I don't know what the you're thinking. You know what I mean? Like, there's, yeah, I don't know what you're looking at. I don't know what you're smoking. Way worse issues. Like, there's so many other issues on the team, and the, the fact that Will Myers gets as much flack as he does still, and you can criticize him for being injured, but I mean, all this year, pretty much every injury has been a fluke. I mean, an oblique injury, like you can predict that a foul ball yeah. off the foot, that's not something that's like always oh, fragile. I mean, his wrist was the only thing that was a real long term concern. And he got it fixed, and he's not had a single problem. 
problems since then. So at this point, yeah, yeah. I'm, I think the injury narrative is, is now tired. I think the, oh, he's not a member of the team kind of discussion is tired. I mean, he's obviously trying to do anything he can to help the team win. And saying trade him is just stupid to me. Like, it makes no sense. There's so many other guys in this team that are just either a waste of space or just worth criticizing. And the fact that Will Myers gets half of what he does is just, to me, it's a joke. And I know I was a big culprit of this last year, and I've already kind of said my <laughs> mea culpa, like, I apologize, I was wrong. I've already been there, so I'm not going to go back on that. But the fact that people tweet stuff like that, that oh, they're better off with him out of the lineup, but that's, that's stupid. Like, you're dumb. Yeah, there's that just doesn't make sense. But I mean, it, it's, people are just looking for for narratives and for reasons to um, to pump up their favorite players, like a Hunter Renfro or a Travis Jankowski, players who they think should get playing time and deserve playing time, and they're trying to find solutions for that. But uh, obviously, the Padres have an issue when it comes to the outfield and finding enough playing time for all these players. Uh, Franmil Reyes is another one who came back on fire uh, on the road. He's cooled off dramatically. I think he's 0 for 13 now on, at home um, since his hot start, uh, since his re- most recent um, recall from AAA. But there's players on the team that need specific or that need consistent playing time. Let's transition off of Myers, uh, unless you want to still go on. Do you have anything else to talk about as far as Myers well, is I concerned? Just, I just want to say offensively, he's been the best player on the team in, in terms of war, yeah. in terms of exactly. WRC+. There's no, there shouldn't be any debating that. He's been a positive it, defender. He's been a positive base runner. He's literally done yeah. everything. And, and he's done that in, in fraction of yeah, time. And people, yeah, if players. you want to argue that he's been injured, that's fine. But he's still been a better player than everyone else in half of the time. Like, you look at Freddie yes. Galvis. Freddie Galvis has played 120 games. Myers has played in four. 40 game, 44 games, and Myers has been like three times as valuable. So yeah. I don't know what argument you have for, oh, Freddie Galvis is so good, he plays every day. It's like, that's great, but All right, what well, does you that just, get you? You, you, change, you just changed gears on me, so let's get into Galvis. Where we were, I was going to go somewhere else, but you, you let's let's talk, let's talk get into well, Galvis. We knew we were going to get here Galvis, eventually, right? Well, uh, yeah, I mean, we're going to hit Rant all these two. topics. But <laughs> we're going to hit all these topics for sure. But the Freddie Galvis debate rages on. I don't know if people are trying to justify AJ Preller's move and the fact that De Los Santos was uh, arguably a valuable prospect. Uh, you know, uh, not, not honestly not a, to me. That's what it seems like at this point that people are trying yeah. to cover for a stupid move by saying, "Oh, he's a long-term piece, so it was worth it. It wasn't just a one-year thing." But if you think of the flip side of that, I mean, is it worth it to sign this guy? And I don't really honestly care if they sign him to a one-year deal for next year that's not really an issue that i'm really talking about when i mention him my bigger issue is the fact that some people are saying we should give him a multi-year extension we should make him a long term i've had people tell me oh we can play well, tatis at short and he could play third i'm like you want to yeah like, you want a useless offensive no, no. player at third like that's See, stupid look here this is how this is how i justify the long-term extension talk to him because i could I could see him getting a two or maybe, I don't know about three years, two year deal because Galvez can also play the outfield. He can play center field. Yeah, he's played outfield before and he he can play center field if, well, not this year. He's, he's played, he's played three consecutive years at shortstop, but he has the ability to play the outfield. He could be a super utility type player for this team. See, I don't, Uh, that's uh, fine, but I just, but, 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 but hear me out though. It comes down to dollars and cents. I'm not going to pay this guy $5 million a year to be a super utility guy. If he's going to take $5 million for two years, I'm tempted. I might have to think about that a little bit. That's a little tempting. 
there's more that he brings to the team than just his bat and his numbers because we know that he can't offensively do anything. Defensively, he's impressive, but offensively, he's he's aggressive up there. He puts the ball in play. It's generally an out. We know what we're getting, but the stuff in the locker room is really. I know you don't. You're not a big intangibles guy. You're not a big locker room guy. But I, I saw it firsthand. I, I saw him interact with players. I, I I see the way he is, and I see that that is beneficial for a lot of young players that are coming up in the system. A lot of Latino players that are coming up in the system that need the guidance of someone like him who can straight up. I've heard him tell these players numerous times that they need to learn to speak English that is better for them it's the it's the don't stop being stubborn you need to I've heard him say this on multiple interviews and and stuff like that is it, it's it's just it's just smart it's smart baseball it's teaching these young guys how to be men it's teaching these young guys how to play the game and and that does have value to some extent so I can see that in in, in as far as a potential multi-year deal or next year deal but again, it comes down to dollars and cents. If someone, if Team A is going to give him a multi-year deal at a certain amount of money and want him to be a starting shortstop, and that's what he wants, then wish Freddie Galvez good luck and pat him on the butt. You you can't bid against him because Tatis is the future. Urias can play shortstop if necessary next year. There's alternatives for this team. It's not like before where Tatis was 17 or 18 and, and we were praying for him to get here and we had to go through uh, Alexi Amarista and, and then Alexi Ramirez and, and, and all the garbage that was here. Um, I, I don't know. Give me your thoughts on Gal. I, I know you – the trade was horrible. There's no way to justify that. You gave away a, a potential – I don't want to say top prospect, but a decent prospect for a one-year rental. Uh, and Galvez has played up to his standard. This is who he is. He's uh, – uh, what 80, 90, 80, 90 uh, WRC player? I mean, uh, give more me some... like more like seventy something. Yeah, I mean that's that, that's it. I mean this, he's this is who he is. He hasn't under underachieved. I mean this is who he is, and they should have known this is who he is. So I I, I don't know. I mean, you could argue I, you could argue he has underachieved because his defensive numbers have looked. For some reason, a lot worse this year than they have in years past. His base running really? numbers have been a lot worse. So okay, you could okay. argue he has underachieved somehow, which is yeah. amazing. And, and, um, and there's still two months of the season. His baseball is a law of averages. He could catch fire, hit 300 the rest of the year, and make his numbers more respectable than, the, than what they are. But he, we know who Freddy Galvez is. We know De Los Santos is a 22, 23-year-old hard-throwing Dominican who has decent upside. And you know, it's it's hard to justify that trade. It really is. But we're at a point where Galvis is, I don't want to say performing, but he, it's nice to not have an issue every day at shortstop. Uh, although he is an issue in some regards. He's, he's a, a below average major league hitter. Uh, I don't know. There's no right or wrong in, in this argument. I definitely see both sides of it. And I don't know. That's just what I feel about it. I, I would like to see him long term on the team as a, as a fourth or fifth uh, bench option, as someone down the line who can potentially play the outfield, can potentially play shortstop, and you know provide plus defense. So I, I don't know. I, like I say, the man hugged me in spring training. I I I I, I, I smelled the dreadlocks up close. I I saw him up close. I felt him. I, I there. There's there's a lot to that as well. I mean, you know, I there was a lot to that smell. 
not, not the smell, not necessarily smell, but the the type of person that he is in just a brief interaction with him went a long way. And I can imagine that his interaction with players that I've seen in front of me from a distance is also valuable to them. So there's a lot to be seen to, to be said in both both regards. I, I definitely trust and believe in baseball analytics, and I know who he is and, and what he is, but I do value him in the locker room. And, the, and sometimes that can be, um, you know, it, we're not paying him $144 million to be a locker room presence, are we? So, yeah, there, there's a few few points <laughs> I want to make on this, and, we, and then we can kind of move on. Um, first thing is, unlike other podcasts, James actually knows where these players are home country is so shout out for knowing that Enel de los santos is dominican um, oh, yeah <laughs> i swear some people think that everyone's like cuban or something um anyway so back that's, on galvis yeah that's just ignorance right there i don't i don't discount the clubhouse stuff i know i'm not as big as, galvis as other people Venezuelan, by the way yeah i actually knew that um so i i don't discount the clubhouse stuff i, I mean uh-huh, maybe i'm not uh-huh. as into it as other people but i think it's very disingenuous to like push the narrative that he's this great clubhouse guy, all of this stuff. And that's all true. But while you're doing that, you seem to ignore that he's just not a good baseball player. I mean, cool, he he plays great defense. You like watching him play defense. But at the end of the day, a defensive shortstop that doesn't hit at all is just not very valuable. And that that bears it out in the numbers. No, not in this lineup. Well, especially in today's game. I mean, if you look at today's game... Most shortstops are good hitters now. I mean, this is a lot different than it was 10 years ago when there was a lot of punchless shortstop. And someone uh-huh. I, I, someone on Twitter mentioned, like, would you rather have a uh, would you rather have an offense for a shortstop than a defense for a shortstop? And I'm like, yeah, I'd rather have an offense for a shortstop. That's a lot more fun to watch because offensively you do a lot more to impact a game than I think you do defensively. And I'm I've always been a I've always been the kind of person that says defense is important, but not at the complete expense of offense. So I just think it's disingenuous to push this narrative that he's, you know, oh, he's so great and he's so wonderful. And it's like, that's fine. I, I get he's a good clubhouse presence, but I think we're just so used to having just dog shit at shortstop that even yeah. like even someone who's just slightly above zero <laughs> is just so great. And yeah, I got, that's exactly. really the problem. It's like, it's like we've had, so, it, we've that, had so little for so true. long. I mean, that's true. We had Clint Barmas. We had freaking, you know, Alexi we were, Ramirez, we were content with, with Everett Cabrera was, was, was God when we he were was rocking, here. We were and, rocking Will, Will Middlebrooks at short. Yeah. Harris oh, Larte was at short. I mean, we've had, yeah. I, mean, I would just put Will Myers at short next year at this point. The way he's trending, he might actually be there. And we can, Hey, they're can showing me look. the highlights. I can actually see, I mean, he doesn't look terrible. No, he, he, I mean, Christian Villanueva looks like crap half the time. So he read and all of every day. We're online. His footwork was for the most part proper. You know, it's encouraging. The I, only thing I, I'm worried about is like how he's backhanding balls instead of you know getting in front of yes, them. But yes, that's that's that, something that's I feel burn like him you, can, you can get away with it for the most part. But yeah, if someone hits it hard, he's not going to get away with that. So we'll see. Yeah, I mean, it's it's early in this experiment, but it's encouraging to see him to have the ability to do this. We'll have to see. Um, let's let's move into Hunter Renfro, who's been on fire, uh, has made some adjustments although he won't necessarily admit it uh andy green's kind of subtly mentioned some kind of minor tweaks he's done with his leg kick and and staying more quiet with the ball and and, um when you look at his numbers his strikeouts aren't down his walks aren't necessarily up very much he's generally the same type of hitter it's that he's become a little more patient and he, when a pitcher is throwing a strike he's generally 
tattooing it. So I don't know if, if it's just the change in approach or the fact that he's not trying to do too much, but he's producing, and that's exciting. What do you see from Renfro in, in, in the small glimpses that you've seen and, and in looking at some of the numbers? Okay, I'm probably going to like poo on this a little bit because that's just how I am. I think everyone knows uh-huh. that by now. Yeah. So yeah. he's been great lately, and that's awesome. I've enjoyed seeing him look like a more productive hitter. He's, I mean, he looked, he just laid off that pitch off the plate on an 0-2 count. Um, we're seeing it's kind of fitting that we're like talking about people as they're batting. Um, well, you won't want, you won't like the end result of this. Oh, he back. just struck out, huh? I haven't gotten it yet. Um, so yeah, it's nice to see him obviously looking a little bit better. I mean, he's having a better approach. Other than I'm about to oh oh god okay I take it back um, he's looked at he's had a better approach he's looked better and I'm I'm not going to discount any of that but at the same time given his numbers currently at the end of the day he still has such a high threshold to reach to be even an above average player that to me I just still don't see him as being that valuable I mean he might be a valuable bench piece he's a good you know bat to have off the bench for a pinch hit but. At the end of the day, I just don't know how much faith I have in him as a, a consistent hitter. I mean, over the last two weeks, he's got a only an 11% strikeout rate with a 7% walkout rate, which is fantastic. He's got a 166 WRC+. Plus. Um, his slugging percentage is like 700 during that time. So the last few weeks, he's definitely been on fire. But if you look at his season numbers, it just hasn't really... And I mean, over the last month, he's also had a 146 WRC+. Plus. So if you add that to his season numbers, I mean, he's still just like... a. I think it was like a 1... Let me look it up. He's got a 114 WRC+, plus, which is above average. That's solid. But for him to be anything more than pretty much like a replacement player, like a replacement-level player, he has to be like a 140 WRC+, plus because he doesn't provide anything on defense. His defense is still rates out pretty poorly. Um, his base running rates out pretty much average, but more on like the slightly poor side. So he's not really providing other value other than home runs. And his on-base percentage is 311, so... If he can't get his on-base percentage to 350 and he can't, you know, put a WRC plus up of 130, 140, he, I don't think he's going to be anything more than a, you know, a, a, a replacement level player. And on a playoff team, I don't know if you want to start that every day. I mean, you could start him against. Yeah. I mean, you could start him against lefties. He's a great. He's a great platoon guy. I've said this for like years. If him and Franchi Cordero both don't work out, that's going to be a fantastic platoon. Sorry, yeah. a fantastic platoon. If you can't find a better, you know, guy to start every day. So, at this point, I'm still not sold on him being a long term piece because even with this hot streak, he still looks like a an average player. So that's kind of yeah. where I'm at with with Hunter Renfro. And but I think the fact that he looks average is still uh, it's still uh, it's still trending upwards from what we've seen in the beginning of this year. Because at the beginning of this year, I was really uh, he was pretty much ready to just wash my hands on him. He wasn't making any adjustments. And speaking of the Padres, they were upset that he wasn't making any adjustments. They were pretty much fed up with him. They were upset with the fact that he wasn't listening. He's obviously doing that. He, he, you know, I he's going to be a, a, just a power hitter in the major leagues. He's not going to be a, a batting title contender. He's not going to be a, a huge defensive bonus out there. We know he has an arm. He has a plus arm, but we've seen it. I mean, the other day he threw a ball into the stands. It was just insane. I don't know where he was throwing the ball, but it's it's nice to see him take these steps. It'll be interesting to see the next four or five weeks for him to get consistent playing time. 
and to maybe 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 get some trade value because I think ultimately that's what the team is probably looking at when you look at comparing him to Framiel Reyes who is four or five years younger than him and is roughly the same type of player although Reyes probably has a little more upside in being that he's younger and he's shown the ability to adjust uh, quicker than Renfro has. Uh, let's talk a little bit about Reyes. Uh, obviously, he's my boy. I, I love him. I, I love speaking to him. I think that San Diego is starting to really fall in love with his personality. Uh, I, you just can't – I cannot say him enough about how good he is in the locker room, being that he's a bilingual presence – that's just not afraid to go up to anybody and 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 just talk the ear off and, and shine and flash that amazing smile. So, give me some thoughts on Reyes. I you know I, I do love him, but I do question his long term ability whether he's going to be a a regular everyday player, whether he can make the step into an all star take type of everyday player because there are some adjustments that need to be made in this game. But then I think about the fact that he's still only 23 and I still get a little excited. So give me your thoughts on, on Reyes. Uh, you and I haven't really conversed very much on him recently. Well, I mean, we just talked about Renfro and I'm going to go on a limb here and say, I honestly think those two are more or less the same player in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I don't yeah. really see a place for both past this off season. I would be surprised okay. if both are on the roster next year. Okay. Um, unless they decide to stash one in AAA, which Renfro, yeah, I think they, that's... They that, both that's, have options. They I think Renfro, have... that, that ship has sailed. And I think Reyes, honestly, at this point, I think that ship might have sailed too, although he has kind of run into struggles here and there. I mm-hmm. honestly would rather just have Reyes long-term. He's younger. I think he has more potential than Renfro. I think... I don't usually talk about this, but I like the way he plays with energy. Um, I like his okay. attitude a lot better, so... I honestly like Reyes better than Renfro at this point. And like I said, I don't think you can have both guys on a team long term. So if I'm picking one, like, uh, shout out to the uh, Los, Los Hijos guys. They did a, a segment on their last podcast. It was called uh, Si o No. So they said, this player, do you want him on the, or is he going to be on the team next year? Or would you keep him? And they're like, see or no. So I think for, for Renfro, I'd probably say no. If you can trade him, I think I, I wouldn't be, I guess I, I would be very surprised if both of those guys are somehow on the opening day roster next year because. It seems like they're just too similar of a player. And once you get Franchi back and Margot's been playing well, and I guess Myers isn't going to be an outfielder anymore, maybe. I don't even know. So I think yeah. I think Jankowski's going to be like that fourth outfield type guy. So that just leaves one of those guys as the odd man out at this point. So um, that's kind of where my head's at with regard to those two, since they are so similar at this point in their careers. And Reyes is, I think, what, three years younger? Almost four years younger? Three? Four or five. Uh, Reyes is 23. Renfro's 27. 27. And I think Renfro's yeah. 26, isn't he? Mm, no, I think it's... Well, no, I think it's 27. Let, Let me look. look. Let me look. We get, we're we again. Damn it. I don't memorize their ages. Come on. Uh, Renfro's Renfro 26. Renfro's 26. You're right. Yeah. So they're about three years apart. Renfro was born okay. in 92. Reyes is born in 95. And yes. they make me feel old. Even though, I was born, even though I was born in 93. <laughs> funny, yeah. funny. All right, anyway. <laughs> uh, so let's let's move on. Obviously, the Padres have a lot of issues, great issues when, when it comes to being a fan and become when it comes to the fact that this team is probably going to make moves in the future. They're stacked in the outfield. There's options when it comes to starting pitching. We'll get into that a little bit later. But let's move into the catching position. 
Francisco Mejia hit his second home run uh, tonight in El Paso. The bat is there. We've seen him play defense. We've seen the 80-grade arm. I, I don't think there's going to be huge defensive issues or concerns with him. He's not going to be Austin Hedges behind the plate, but there are very few catchers who are Austin Hedges. Hedges has been on fire. I mean... My boy. Yeah. He's always he's been just, my boy since like 14, man. Since 14. He he is just looks like a whole different hitter. Wait, Freddie Galvis point. hit a home run today? Yes, Freddie oh, Galvis God, hit a home run. Oh, God, take it all run. back. He's hit home runs in what, two days in a row? I'm and sorry. He's up with, he's up I with apologize. two outs in the ninth right now. He's, he's going to hit a dinger ninth. and he's going to flip me off on camera. Guaranteed. Yeah, exactly. Guaranteed. Exactly. Anyway, so all right, go ahead. You were talking about Hedges. Sorry. <laughs> so let's, let's get into the Hedges-Mahia debate. I, I think... They complement each other well as one is a defensive first catcher and one is an offensive first catcher. But Hedges has taken his offensive game to the new level. I don't suspect we're going to see this uh, consistently from him, but it's nice to see him make these adjustments and potentially become uh, a better hitter than he has. Mejia is still very young, very raw, a top 15 prospect. The Padres have choices to make. They have big, big decisions to make in regards to the catcher, and I think that this is going to be the biggest decision for this team to make in the offseason because starting in 2019, one of these two men should be given the lion's share of the starts behind the plate, and that's it. There shouldn't be – you can't have both of them playing and taking away value from each other at this point. Both of these players are going to have top value at, in the offseason, and, and something's going to have to be made. So give me your thoughts on the catcher position. I know you love Hedges, but I also know you're a prospect guy, and I also know you see the value in Mejia, and you love what you see in the potential that Francisco Mejia has. Yeah, I'm going to come at this from a different angle. Okay. I think that if you look around the league, um, most teams do not have a catcher that plays more than a hundred and let's say 20, 130 games. So if okay. I, I'm going to pull up the, uh, the leaderboards currently for catchers. It's probably um, Sal Perez. Who catches I think like there's only games. like, I think there's only like three or four catchers that are qualified in terms of plate appearances. What that means is they've played enough to, you know, yeah. qualify for awards. Actually, sorry, there's been six. So JT Real Muto has played 89 games. Wilson Contreras, 101. Grandal, 100. Posey, 97. Perez, 95. And then Tucker Barnhart of the Reds, 99. So all those guys have played around 100 games. Um, most of their teams have played, I think teams are at what, 120, 130 at this point around there. So yeah. most of these guys have played, you know, a good 80% of the team's game. So if you think about that, do some math. 160 games in a year. If Austin Hedges plays 120 games a year, that's 75% of the games, right? So I'm going to kind of go on a limb here. What if the plan is for Austin Hedges to catch maybe four days a week, three, four days a week, Francisco Mejia catches two or three days a week, and then Mejia can play, he can be sort of a a versatile, you know, outfielder. I know they played him at third, and the Indians played him at third in the fall. I don't know if the Potters have any intention of ever doing that. It seems like they don't, given what Myers is doing. But would it be the worst thing if Mejia plays catcher three days a week, plays you know outfield two days a week, plays third one or two days a week, and Myers could maybe play third sometimes and play outfield sometimes? I mean, look at a team like Chicago Cubs. 
Um, Chris Bryant, that's kind of what they do with Chris Bryant. He plays third. He plays outfield. Uh, they have about five outfielders they cycle through. Um, Ian Happ cycles infield, outfield. Javi Baez bounces around. Um, Wilson Contreras used to take some play at third before he was the everyday catcher. So teams like that can afford to be versatile, and they have so many good players. So I would not be opposed to a sort of tandem catching duo. And I kind of said the same thing with Austin Allen. If, he, if Austin Allen ever was more than just you know, a fringe prospect, which I think he still is kind of a fringe prospect given his uh, catching ability. There's still a lot of question marks there. Um, mm-hmm. So if Hedges and Mejia could be that kind of tandem catcher, like I think Hedges should still get most of the catching because of his defensive value. Um, at the end of the day, I think you want Mejia's bat in the lineup, and if you can find him in the outfield or at third base or really wherever, uh, if the DH comes to the America or the National League at some point, I do think you want that bat in the lineup, but I think Hedges is just going to do a lot more for the young pitching staff than Mejia will. And maybe... Maybe Mejia could have certain guys that are no his guys. You know, I don't know. This is going to sound offensive, but maybe if there's certain like Latin American players and he kind of has a close relationship with them than Hedges does. And I don't know if Hedges speaks Spanish. I'm assuming he knows some Spanish because the Padres have lots of um, Spanish-speaking players. So maybe there's better relationships I can build. I know some some teams have like, oh, this guy, this is his catcher. This pitcher will only pitch this guy, and that's fine. I think that's not necessarily a bad thing. Um, I know that the Padres had a point where Yasmani Grandal, like nobody wanted to catch for Yasmani Grandal, which ended up being an <laughs> issue and ended up kind of getting him shipped out of town. So I'm not saying I want, I necessarily want that to happen, but I think there could be a split here where Hedges could get the bulk of time and then you can find ways to get Mejia in the lineup. Because a bat like that, you definitely want to get him in the lineup, but I think Hedges deserves to have playing time if he can, you know, if he can hit average. And right now he's had a 108 WRC plus, which for a catcher, that's actually pretty good. He's above the average of catchers. Oh, he's out. How do you call him safe? How? <laughs> Did you see that? That was obviously yeah. out. When I saw it, I was like, really? How's he safe? All right, they're going to recall. They're going to take that back. Anyway, so yeah, I, I would be surprised if they do something weird like that. I mean, that's how I would... If I was a manager, I know I'm not a manager, but I would run a roster with a lot more versatility because you can do a lot more different things if you have guys playing different positions. I think that's kind of part of what they want to do with Myers. If he can play... You know, he can play first if Hosmer ever needs to sit. He can play outfield. He can play left, right. Uh-huh. He can play third. If you can have that versatility with lots of guys doing lots of things, that extends your bench because you don't have you can have less guys on the bench. Um, if guys can play multiple positions, you know, if you can have a, a backup catcher that also plays outfield, you can carry one less outfielder. Maybe you can carry an extra pitcher. You know, maybe you can carry another position of need. I think that just promotes a lot more flexibility and versatility. So I would definitely be on board with them getting creative. And I think they're already getting creative. They're saying Myers is playing third. Villanueva is going to be playing second some. They're already getting creative. So I think that that's the logical next step. I mean, we saw Christian Bethencourt start pitching. So who knows? <laughs> oh, man, Christian Bethencourt. Uh, the all-star, uh, what organization is he in? Oh, the Diamondbacks, I believe. I don't know. He's a triple-A uh, yeah. all-star, and he's catching again. Um, it's interesting. It really is what they're going to do. I, I don't know. We'll have to we'll have to wait and see. To me, I think they're going to probably be in a package one of these guys in the off season, and that transitions me into the fact that this team needs a little bit of starting pitching help, and we've already seen them sniff around Chris Archer before Chris Archer was ultimately dealt to the Pirates. Um, we've seen some interest in uh, the Mets and Noah Syndergaard and Jacob Degrom. Uh, do you see a big trade looming where the Padres have to, you know, I don't want to say the word have to, but necessarily lighten some of their prospect load, especially with the 40-man uh, issues that are coming up uh, in November? 
Do you see a point where this team goes after a young, controllable starting pitcher? Uh, maybe not necessarily someone like a Syndergaard or a, or a DeGrom or a Carlos Martinez, an ace-type pitcher, but a young pitcher, mid-rotation type starter who's kind of unheralded and kind of flying under the radar. Uh, I don't know. I could throw out like a Sean Manea from the uh, A's or uh, Weaver from the Cardinals just off the top of my head. Just pitchers that could potentially blossom under – under Balsley and potentially do better in a change of scenery. Do you see this team potentially going out and looking for young pitchers like that? Is that where we're kind of led to believe that the next move for Preller in the offseason, is that what they're logically going to try to do? Maybe this is just my thinking, but to me, I don't think that's the best call at this point. And there's okay. kind of multiple reasons for that. So the first thing I would say is I think, there is a bit of a roster crunch, but I think they they can easily solve that with more secondary and tertiary moves rather than like a a big kind of you know trade a bunch of prospects for a you know a, a kind of front rotation starter. I think there's a lot of guys we see on the roster that are kind of fringy that they can either just dump off the roster or trade like minor trades. So I would not make that move this offseason, and here's why: you have Knicks in the big leagues, you have Lauer, Lucchese, Kennedy. All those guys are currently in the big leagues trying to prove themselves, right? Um, you look at the you look at kind of AAA and AA, you have Logan Allen, Cal Quantrill, Chris Paddock. Probably all, I would be surprised if all three are not up by maybe next summer. So at that point, you have seven guys fighting the rotation, all youngsters, and that's not counting if, you know, Baez or Morahone make a quick move next year. So given all of that, I think there's enough arms that you wait and see kind of what, what happens next year, which guys kind of show you that they're long-term pieces, which guys show you that maybe they're trade bait and I think at that point after the 2019 season you kind of make that consideration because I don't think this team's gonna be good next year I don't think they have any intention of being good next year based on the roster I don't think they're gonna make a you know a huge turnaround so I think that's more of a 2019 and beyond move than it is a or I should say after 2019 move than it is for next year so I wouldn't be surprised if they make that kind of move because they do have if you're being honest they have more pitchers than they need and some of those guys are gonna you know burn out some of those guys are gonna be relievers that's mm-hmm. to be expected but they do have some capital they can use, so I would be surprised if they don't do that, but I just don't think it's going to happen this soon. I think that's going to be more of a an after-next-year sort of deal. At least that's what I would how I would kind of handle it. Yeah, there is there's a bit of a roster crunch, but like you said, there's options. They've already kind of vanquished some of the crap on their roster and, and some of the cuts they've made in the last week or so in, in DFA and some players. Um I don't know. I still think that something has to give. I mean, when you look at this potential rotation right now, you have Jacob Nix, uh, Jake, uh, Joey Lucchese, uh, uh, Brett Kennedy, and uh, Walter and Walker Lockett in the rotation right now. That's four rookies teamed up with Richard, and then you have Eric Lauer potentially as a fifth rookie in this rotation for the next two months. There, and there's more coming. I mean, well, let's get into promotions. Let's let's start. Let me just rattle off some promotions I know off the top of my head. Uh, to Tri Cities, uh, Xavier Edwards and your boy Ducapita Marcano uh, boy. was was promoted to Tri Cities. Both are, are had excellent numbers in the AZL and should be able to perform admirably in, in, in Washington. Uh, Aaron Leisher was promoted from Tri City uh, from uh, Fort Wayne to Lake Elsinore. Uh, had a quality start in his first start out there. I talked to him briefly, uh, wished him the, all the best. He's excited to be in California and, and being the, 
being close to Petco. Uh, Man, what a great Michelle, promotion though from Indiana to California. Like that's a, that's a good deal. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Uh, San Antonio got Hudson Potts, Elliot Ashbeck, uh, Michelle Baez. Uh, wasn't there one more? I can't. I think there was one more promotion. Sorry if I'm forgetting. To, to uh, San Antonio? Uh, yeah, I thought there was one more to San Antonio, but uh, uh, those those three. Well, well I mean, I Chris mean, Paddock was a couple weeks ago, but yeah, I, this is just off the top of my head. But those three uh, to San Antonio were 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 moved. Uh, Quantrill and Logan Allen were both promoted to El Paso, so that's seven, eight players right there that made the promotion, made the jump, are expected to grow. Seeing Quantrill and Logan Allen in El Paso is exciting because those guys are – when you promote someone from AA to the, to AAA, they're basically major league ready. These guys could be major league ready. Uh, I, I would expect the team to give a little more time to Brett Kennedy and, and Walker Lockett to see what they have. Uh, but don't be surprised if, if maybe they they find a spot for these, these two uh, players on the 40-man roster – Although it's unlikely with with the issues they have, but I, I'm just excited to see all the growth in the system. They're not everyone's taking off, not everyone's excelling, but the players, the players that are getting better. There's players that are returning from injury. There's players that are capitalizing on their their abilities and, and are getting better. And for once in, in a great while, the Padres are actually producing talent. Oh my God! At the DSL, sorry, folks. I'm just watching the Padre game. Patrick, you'll get there right now. Um, right, thanks, man. Again, sorry. I'm guessing Cole Calhoun hit like a home run or something. Oh my God! I also I get notifications. Mis- also get... Miscommunication between Margot and, and Fradmiel and was that Renfro and Margot? Uh, don't watch the Padre game when you're podcasting. Um, don't watch the Padre game. Your... Period. Yeah, well, I, I like I, I enjoy watching. I'm a glutton for punishment. I'm a San Diego sports fan. Uh, it's the youth is coming. There's there's excitement in the air. There will be oh, better times Margo, for this team. That's Ob- your ball, God. Yeah, uh, yeah. You don't stop uh, and stare at him. Oh my God, that was bad. Uh, yeah, they those two just don't have a real good communication with each other. Is that Renfro and Wright or is that Reyes? Renf- Renfro and Wright and Margot and Senator. That's yeah. Margot's ball, though. He had it. That's got to be him. Yeah, you'd want your center fielder to be aggressive and, and to go that's get their, the ball. That's until, their job. Until someone so, calls them so off. So they say. Uh, so the promotions are happening. There's excitement in the air. Wait, but I, more promotion. I thought the Padres held down their prospects, though. They held out. <laughs> Yeah, there's there's always jokers like that. Uh, it's going to be exciting. The the I would assume that the Padres are going to have another futures game uh, this September or October. Uh, it'll be exciting to see who they who they bring out there. And, and it, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll definitely be out there. But it'll be exciting to see how many young players they bring out and and a lot of these young teenagers that that we just haven't had an opportunity to see firsthand. A lot of these AZL kids, a lot of these DSL kids, like I. That's when, well, I like first, I talking about. that's when I first found love with Tukapita, so... Exactly, exactly. Um, let's give a shout-out to Jacob Nix. I mean, six shutout innings in a Major League debut. You can't get any better than that. Uh, I love Jacob. He's got a great personality. He's an awesome guy to talk to. He's a clubhouse character kind of guy. Uh, it's, it's, it's wonderful, again, to see these young players come up and begin to have success. It's, it's remarkable when you see... Lucchese, Lauer, and Nix, and, and those are three mid-rotation guys who should arguably be here for, you know, until we need them. I mean, they're 
you don't get called up to this level and, and perform the way they have and then be demoted. They're they're here to grow and here to get better, and it's exciting to have youth in, in the rotation. Exciting to see youth in in this project team for sure. And shout out to uh, shout out to Jacob Nix's mom. She's uh, very supportive on Twitter. I think she, she's going to win Mom of the Year this year. Yeah. Uh, well, the Troutless Angels uh, look like they are going to beat the Padres tonight uh, as Justin Upton just uh, hit a home run in the 10th inning. Just, Matt, uh, another spoiler. I hate you. Sorry. I had to do it. Uh, God, you got to love his swing when, when he connects. I, I miss uh, him in a weird sort of way. In a weird sort of way, but that, that money for him it was was a little We got to end on a crazy. positive note now. That was kind of... Yeah, I mean Cole Bellinger threw six strong innings tonight. That's fun. That is fun. There's there's always if you read our farm reports, there's always good stuff going on in the farm. There's always good young players, and there are always young names that I'm being educated on uh, on a weekly basis that are performing at the DSL that I have to go out and and ask people about and, and gather information about, and that's a good thing. Uh, when I'm looking at stats on a 16, 17 year old that I never even heard of before, so. The Padres baseball operations team is is certainly doing their job. Uh, I can understand some of the fans that are a, a little perturbed in the fact that they're not winning yet, but just remain patient. The time is coming. Uh, I think, like you you said earlier, I wouldn't expect anything next year. I wouldn't expect a Braves run quite yet, but they're getting close, and and uh, it's exciting to see a lot of these young players, right, Patrick? Yeah, man, it's been a it's been a fun time these last few weeks since like Knicks came up and Kennedy got the start, and we're seeing like all these guys playing well. It's it's definitely been a been a good time to uh, watch the big league club, and it's it's been a rough year, but I think it's uh, turned around a bit here at the last month or so. Yep. So stick with it, folks. Uh, Patrick, anything else before we get out of here? I think we did. You get your your rants in that you you wanted to get in. Yeah. Uh, I'll just say that Freddie got, or uh, Jose Perella and Eric Hosmer are tied for the fir- the fourth worst F war in all of baseball. So think about God. that tonight, folks. Is, is Hosmer's war still negative? It's negative point seven, and he's the same as Jose uh. Perella. So Jose Perella, who makes like five hundred k, is just as valuable as Eric Hosmer, who's on a hundred forty four million dollar contract. As wow. as we say this, Albert Pujols grounds out. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh God. It's just- that's just what was Hosmer's WAR last year? Like four, three, four. Which honestly is like good, but that, it's not even that good. No. And people are whining about Eric about Will Myers's like contract. Like Homeboy's worth one point six WAR in forty games. Like if he played a whole season, which I know he's injured a lot. Yeah. Um, he yeah. Probably, he he's on pace for like five or six WAR. So and yeah, you can laugh at WAR or whatever, but it's a measure of value. So. It yeah, is a Hosmer measure of was, value. Hosmer was four point one last year, which was the best year of his career. But he's having an even year, man. He does this every other year, so I don't know why we're surprised. So I'm next not surprised. Year's... I didn't want to sign him, so here we are. Yeah, we well, we don't want to. It's too bad they don't have again. like a first baseman in the minor leagues that's like playing well that could play first base. All right, <laughs> you got me ranting again. Forget it. We're done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, you can find uh... us on Podbean. There's lots of episodes there. You can hear me complain a lot. That's my thing. Um, we're hosted everywhere. Um, I just got the new Google Podcast app. I wanted to try it out. I don't know if I really like it because it's very like limited in features. But we're on there too, so if you want to listen on there, um, stay tuned. To East Village Times. We got daily articles on all sorts of stuff. Um, 
Some people say we're too harsh. Some people say we're too nice. I don't yeah, really know which. I, we've gotten both the last couple of days, so yeah, I don't know I, which I, way I, we're going. But the, the, the too harsh ones are are really mind blowing because I think we're too nice. I, I I honestly think we're too nice. I think we've so, been harsh a couple of times. And we got in trouble, so. Well, well, we're not supposed to talk about that, but. No, I mean like I we mean, get in who, trouble. How, no, I mean we get in trouble. Like people give us a hard time. Like, oh, you're being so mean. It's like, well, sorry that I say Eric Hosmer sucks because I mean he kind of does. <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, I wrote a nice article about Austin Hedges, so I made my return. I said something nice. So yeah, yeah there you go. There you go. Uh, it's tough, tough times to be a Padre fan for sure. But uh, I just got done saying still... it was a good time, and now you're saying it's a tough time. <laughs> well, it is a tough time. I mean, that's what it is. It's it's a good time if you're thinking of the overall scheme of things, but it's a tough time if you're paying $100 for your family to go out and watch this team at Petco Park. It certainly is a rough time because you're outnumbered by the opposing fans, and you've got to watch a subpar product on the field. But, hey, we're, we're Padre fans, right? Uh, things, that's things, that's, that's things. kind of the lot in life that we've got, and we can't we can't do anything about that. Things will get better. Uh, thank you, folks, for joining us, Patrick. You can send us out. Eric Cosmer just hit a home run, uh, so he was listening to our critique of him and uh, responded right away. So that's uh, positive, right? Wow, leave Expect- it to, leave it to hit a, him to hit a home run now that it doesn't matter. <laughs> oh, I'm kidding. He basically hit a home run and Justin Upton robbed it, so that's fine. Um, yeah, so I already said we're hosted everywhere. Um, you can find us anywhere you find podcasts. Uh, go to iTunes and give us a review. I've actually never really looked at I mean, do we have reviews on there? I haven't really looked, but I'm sure we have mm, some. I think there is some reviews on Someone there. Someone probably said we suck or something because people like to complain. Man, look at that launch angle. I, I, I'm not – I'm. it's muted right now. Is Is Mark Grant screaming launch angle? I, I don't know. It's muted for me as well. I just... <laughs> That's the funny. So he like does that sometimes when he's announcing. And I, some like national. Uh, I don't know if and people listen to the Effectively Wild podcast. It's like a fan graph podcast with Ben Lindbergh and Jeff Sullivan. Um, mm-hmm. They mentioned it one time on air. They're like, is this like a normal thing that he usually does? Like, does he yell launch angle? And I was like, it's so funny that I was like laughing so hard about it. But yeah. Anyway, what was I saying? Yeah. So you can find us anywhere you find podcasts. Um, you know, give us a rating. Give us a like, keep listening, all that good stuff. We really appreciate all the feedback we get. We appreciate being a part of, you know, this this good podcasting community. There's so many good podcasts out there. Um, it's, it's been a, it's been a fun run these last 103 episodes. So appreciate all the all the support. Thank you, folks, for joining us. East Village Times podcast is signing out. EBT is out here broadcasting. EBT is out here podcasting. Question and answer, James and Patrick ask them. Question and answer, James and Patrick ask them. Padres EBT podcast. Padres EBT podcast.